Good evening. This is Chill Time is Will Time. I'm your host, William Moore, and I'd like to say thank you for joining me again for another episode. Today has been a pretty awesome day for the most part, uh, with the exception of me dealing with a little bit of back pain. And I know that makes me sound like an old man, so some of y'all might be chuckling out there, but um, it seems like all the years of playing football are starting to take a toll on my body, so gonna have to think might have to think about giving it up here pretty soon but um alas you know i'm suck it up nurse it nurse the back up get it back together and uh be ready for game time this coming weekend um today's been a pretty awesome day for the most part uh besides the fact that i have to uh get up bright and early tomorrow morning to drop my car off at the shop for to get the alignment fix from hitting the pothole that totally messed up my front end. Those of you who live in a state like Minnesota know what the salt on winter does sells roads, so I know y'all feel me on that. Um, but besides having to go through that, man, it's been a pretty productive day. The weather was beautiful outside. I got to uh, get, you know, I got a lot of work done. I had a good lunch, um, had me some sushi for lunch, and uh, briefly went by, uh, went on a little walk by the river. Uh, the Mississippi River, which is right outside my office. Um, got home today. Uh, checked the mailbox and seen that uh, the new uh, issue of GQ came in with James Harden on the cover. So I was excited to pop that open and uh, read the article on uh, Mr. Harden there, seeing as how he's one of my favorite basketball players, and I definitely dig his style. Um, I also got the uh, latest issue of Black Panther. Um, those of you who know me know I'm an avid subscriber and reader of the Black Panther comic book, so I was down for that. So that was almost like a, a little mini Christmas. Uh for a geek or a nerd like me, it was a little mini Christmas to have come there. Um I also ordered this uh funny enough, 
this huge, like, Incredible Hulk death statue that uh, I opened up and got sitting on my desk right beside the laptop, which is, once again, for a nerd like me, super cool. Those of you uh, who aren't into comics or anything like that, I know y'all y'all lost on that, but I'm, I'm pretty geeked about that. But overall, I think one of the major reasons that I have such a positive feeling is the past couple of days, the sun has finally made uh, a like a substantial push um, in in uh, in our daily lives up here in, in in the great north, and the warm weather has been lovely. It is officially bike weather for me. Can't wait to uh, order my new wheels, order some new carbon wheels for the bike, get out on the bike, and start my training for a 300-mile uh, road race that I am entered in or that I'm going to be uh, uh, riding in this coming August. So that is definitely something that I'm very excited about. Other than that, business as usual, as I assume it probably is for the rest of you. On a, another exciting note, my man Meek Mill got released today. Um, for those of you who know his story, he was on, uh, you know, he had some paperwork on him. He was on uh, probation or parole, whatnot, and a judge violated him for popping a wheelie on a motorcycle in the middle of the road uh, in Philly and locked dude up. I find that pretty uh a pretty egregious and an abuse of power as far as the legal system is concerned. Um, and it's very telling how the legal system treats African-Americans versus uh, Caucasians. When you think about the fact Meek Mill was jailed without bond and has been locked up for, I don't know how many months now. And then the infamous Waffle House shooter in Tennessee who came, walked into a Waffle House with an AR-15. I neglect to remember his name right now. I read it earlier in the article, and I don't have it in front of me. Um, so I can't recite the, uh, the the assailant's name. But he walked into a Waffle House naked, from what they tell me, <laughs> carrying an AR-15 and killed four people. Shot up four people and killed some people up in the Waffle House. And that judge there gave, after they arrested him and he was arraigned, gave him a $2 million bond. Interesting. So if you ride a willy in the middle of the road, you get jailed without bond. But if you walk into a public arena, a public area, with a semi-automatic rifle and kill a couple folks, you can get a $2 million bond. Tell me what that is. If that isn't uh, a miscarriage of justice, I don't know what it is. Um, fast forward, <clears throat> I will say that uh, apparently, the $2 million bond was rebuked, um, and most likely because of all the outrage and outcry from people you know, talking about how unfair it is. But the bottom line is it should have never happened in the first place. And it's just another example of, what, once again, what I was saying, a miscarriage of justice and how this country and our legal system devalues black lives. Um, there's no other way around it, period. Um, but... You guys have heard me ramble on enough about those type of things on this podcast, and I don't want to uh, tire you or bore you with that. Um, although I don't think justice, civil rights, and human rights should be anything that's considered boring, but I know some people are. They kind of get tired of hearing, uh, what's, how's the saying go, um, 
beating a dead dog or whatever. So be the case. So instead, I'm going to move on to um, a topic that I kind of kind of just randomly came up in my mind. And I must say that um, the motivation behind that um, is myself um, and me playing football. Um, and the question that I want to pose to everybody is, when is it time to give up on something that you love? Now that can take on, well, that question can uh, apply to many different things. It can apply to activities, hobbies, um, loved ones, friendships, jobs, eating, anything, habits, you know, good or good and bad. It can apply to anything. But when is it time to give up on something you love? Um, I had to think about that. I really started thinking about that recently. Um, actually, just a couple, you know, for the past couple days. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I absolutely love football. Um, I have played football since I was 12, 13 years old. Um, I believe football is a game. Despite the, uh, the bad rap it gets, um, I will, however, say that it that I mean it is well warranted for what can happen to your brain as far as concussions, what can happen to your body in general as far as you know the arthritis, the injuries, how they take a toll on your body. All that's very well it is well warranted. But I, you know, I would be a liar to say that football has you know if I didn't you know say that football has also provided a lot of opportunities for me in life, i.e., uh, being able to go to college and place. Uh, to play, you know, continue to play football, but also get an education, um, which is something that it does for a lot of people. If you are uh, privileged enough to make it pro, it gives you an opportunity to take care of yourself and your family for a lifetime if you manage your money right. So as much harm and damage as it, it can do to you, it also does a lot of great things. It provides a lot of great opportunities for you. Um, but a question that I had to really kind of ask myself here lately is, um, is it time for me to give a, when, when, when do the ends not justify, uh, when do the means not justify the ends? Um, we had a practice or a scrimmage Saturday night, um, and played well. Everything was fine. You know, I was tired as always as I got home. Sunday morning, I get up and my back's a little sore, but no big deal. Nothing I felt during, I didn't tweak my back or anything during practice, uh, during the scrimmage, uh, you know, how, what have you. Went to the gym, worked out. But as I noticed by the end of my workout and during the course of the day afterwards, you know, I went around for, the, uh, you know, around a walk around the lake and my back was just killing me. Fast forward, Sunday night, I can almost barely move. Monday morning back killing me uh it was a debate whether or not i should even go to work i hobbled around the office all day all morning all afternoon people at work were asking what was going on with me and basically telling me like dude you should just go home rest your back take care of it yada 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 well i was kind of talking to one of my good friends at work and i kind of told them i was like you know what man i think it may be time for me to give it up he's like are, are you sure I was like, yeah, I'm sure, man. I was like, you know, I love the game. I still perform at a fairly high level, but at what point do I have to look at my long-term health um, over how fun this game is to play right now? It's not like it's my career, 
It's a job that I have, but it's semi-pro. It's not like I get paid millions of dollars. It's not my meal ticket. It's not something that pays my bills. I have a career for that. I have another job that I love to do that does all those things. So me playing semi-pro football right now is purely out of the love for the game and the camaraderie that I get with my friends and my need for competition um, uh, that in, in fulfilling that competitive desire and fire that I have in myself. But once again, at what point do I say enough is enough? At what point do I risk permanent injury to my back and, and not being able to comfortably stand up, sit, walk? When, 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 at what point do I say it's not worth it? You know, I would like to, if I'm blessed to have kids one day in the future, whether they be biologically mine, something that I adopt, whatever be the case, I would like to be able to run around and play with those kids. I would like to, you know, be able to run around and teach those kids sports, you know, and 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 be able to keep up with them when they're running around and chase them down if they're acting up and I need to chase them down and discipline them. You can't do that with a bad back. I have, you know, a mother who has a bad back, who's had several back surgeries, who's got like six, seven screws in her spine and has had her neck fused twice. That is not the type of life I want to live. I sit back and watch sometimes as she, you know, is is in misery at some days. She has her good days. But sometimes, a lot of times, she has bad days and it's rough for her. I can't, you know, I would be lying if I didn't say that I didn't think about that the past couple of days as I'm sitting around, you know, my back killing me the way it is. Me getting up and walking slow. I'm in my 30s. Like, I got so much more life to live. And and as I said before, this isn't my meal ticket. This isn't this isn't my, my means of survival. So I made the decision. Um, I knew that the you know the day would come at some point. I didn't quite know how it would come. I didn't want to make the decision you know this way. But I made the decision yesterday that this would be my last year playing semi pro football. It just the 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 ends just don't justify the means for me. My overall health and longevity mean more to me than than me feeling like I need to fuel that competitive fire in this manner. There are other ways that I can do that. I play soccer. You know, I could continue playing soccer in the leagues in the summer. I love, as I talked, you know, I've mentioned before, I love the gym. Every day that I go in the gym, I pretty much compete against myself. I try to live harder. And 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 faster, and get stronger than I was the last time I was in the gym. I love road biking. As I said, mentioned earlier in this podcast episode, I am in a 300 mile bike race in a matter of months that I am beginning training for. Those are ways that I can fulfill my competitive desire. Chess. I love chess, without putting further damage, long term damage to my body. Am I going to miss it? I am. I have no doubt that I'm going to miss it. Um, I have no doubt that I'm going to miss the camaraderie. No doubt that I'm going to miss the the tough times at the end of the games when it's you against the person across from you and it's who can man up and who can come out on top. But it's time. And so 
it raises, it's, it made me raise the question, you know, the, the, the question, like, how does this question uh, apply to other parts in life? When is it time to give up on something you love? What if it is a habit? What if you're somebody who loves to go out all the time, party, drink, um, drugs, if that's something that you like to do? No judgment. That's how some people get down. When is it time to give up on that? You may love that lifestyle, but when is it time to give up? Maybe the time to give up on those type of things and let go of that is what if you get in trouble? What if, you know, living that type of fast-paced lifestyle, you get in a fight, you get in some type of accident? What if your body fails on you? You get sick, um, your liver or something quits on you. Uh, you have a bad reaction to something you're using or you're taking. Is it time then? Or do you keep going? Do you roll the dice and say that, you know what, that's a fluke? Or, um, I'll, I'll, I, you know, you got to have they say YOLO. You only live, you know, life once. Um, do you keep going? It's your life. You're an adult. You're grown. Do you do what you want to do? Was it Frank Sinatra who said he did it his way? Um, do you do it? Is, 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 is that accurate? Is that the best way to live? Or do you give up because you make a sacrifice for something bigger than yourself? Let's say you have kids. You want to be there for your kids. Living that type of lifestyle isn't, can't be that conducive to, uh, being in a cohesive, happy family. How does your spouse feel about that? You know, you always going out partying and doing whatever you want to do while they're at home taking care of the, the, the children, taking care of the house. You may pay the bills, but to be in a successful relationship, it takes two. Both people need to be happy. It needs to be a symbiotic relationship. At what point do you say it's time to give up on this party, uh, party and lifestyle that I love? You know, what if both of y'all love that type of lifestyle and you got kids? Who's there for the child? What type of example are you setting for the child? As I said before, I'm not a parent. So um, many people may say I'm in no position to say what it's like to be a parent or tell somebody how to be a parent. But I tell you what, before this career and I love a lifetime, I did have a job where I worked with children all the time. And I saw, I, I, I damn well saw what it's like when parents weren't attentive and didn't do what they needed to do and weren't great examples at home. So I do know from that lens, I do know from that aspect, is that, is a family, is your health, is a better way of life worth you giving up that type of lifestyle? What if it is that thing that you love and it's something that you need to give up? What if that is a person? What if it's a friend? What if it's a love? What if it's a loved one? Um, when is it time to get to give up on that? Or wasn't it? When is it time to let go? Because if I believe if you truly love someone, you don't ever really give up on them, but you let go at times. You love them from afar. Um, I've had to do that before in life. Um, who knows? Maybe some people have felt that they've had to do that with me as well. I don't know. I've tried my best to be a good person. I have made mistakes before in the past. 
Um, I have felt like I have atoned for them. I do feel like those mistakes don't define who I am uh, as a person and over override all the great things that I've done in life. But you never know how other people feel or think. You never know how your actions affect them. Maybe somebody has felt that way about me. I, like I said, I definitely know that I felt that way about some people. But when is it time? Once again, when is it time to let go? To love that person from afar? When is it time to, to, to give up on someone you love? Maybe it's time to give up on somebody you love or, or let that person go when loving them no longer brings any benefit to your life when you're always hurt. And what I mean by that, lo- love is a word that I think you use uh, um, when you're willing, when you are, are willing to sacrifice for some, for another person. So I know it sounds weird when I say you let somebody go when you don't benefit from them or you let somebody let go of somebody you love and you don't benefit from them because the whole concept of love means that a lot of times that you sacrifice. But but what I mean by that when I say that you you no longer benefit is when they no longer bring happiness or joy to your life. Cuz see you can love somebody but they don't bring happiness or joy to your life. You can love somebody but they physically hurt you. You can love somebody but they mentally and psychologically and emotionally hurt you and bring you down. As a matter of fact, love is often the only thing that keeps you involved with those people, even though your carnal or common sense part of your 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 mind that tells you that you should you should have walked away a long time ago and that the situation is not good for you. Love is that 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 care, that willing to sacrifice for that person is that one thing that keeps you there. But it's at that moment that I think that you have to love them and yourself enough to know that the only way that they can get better and see what they're doing and be able to take the steps towards making making the necessary changes to improve as a person so that they no longer are self-destructive or damaging to you or anybody else is to walk away and let them go, is to love them from afar, is to, if you like to call it, give up on them. It is at those moments that I think that it is okay to let go of someone that you love. Because in the end, when you love somebody, you only want the best for them, right? That's, that's, what, that's, you know, that's what I believe. I'm a firm believer in that. If you love somebody, you want the best for them. And often, loving somebody and wanting the best for them often means that you do something that you don't like to do uh, for them or to them. You know, I don't think a lot of parents love to punish their kids, but they do it because they love them and they want to see them succeed and they want to see them do the right thing. When you're truthful and honest with somebody, you do that because you love them. But see, most people realize that the truth is not nice. The truth, a lot of times, is an angry, mean, nasty ass thing. Because a lot of people don't like to hear the truth or they want to hear a partial truth. They want something that is softened or sugar-coated, um, something that makes them feel good. It's true what they say, that ignorance is bliss. A lot of people love to live in ignorance. They don't want to deal with the, the, the reality, the facts. 
I mean, we see that based on the base, you know, on the on the current uh, political climate. How many people have voted for Donald Trump don't like facts, don't like the truth, don't like to hear about what's real? No matter how much truth you put in their face, no matter how many facts you throw at them, they don't want to hear what's real. They continue to follow him blindly and loyally. Maybe it's because they don't love themselves. Or maybe it's because it's their hate for everything else that supersedes the love that they have for themselves. Because there's no, but make no mistake, a lot of the policies that he passes and a lot of the things he do, does actually harms them more than it harms anybody else. But I digress. Once again, I seem to uh, stray in the realm of politics um, when that's not necessarily needed. Um, but what can I say? I'm a political, I, I, you know, I, I study polit, you know, politics in class, political science. Um, it's something that I enjoy. So somehow, some way, I always seem to kind of come back to that, you know. But we'll get back to matters at hand. Um, being leaving somebody you love or letting go of somebody you love. Like I said before, sometimes you have to tell the truth which is the harshest thing ever for some people. And sometimes the truth is you have to let go of people that you love and love them from afar. Maybe it can be objects. Maybe you are somebody who uh, loves, what is it? Guns. You're a gun collector. So you keep, you know, a lot of guns around the house. And you try to do your best. Let's say you're even a responsible gun gun collector, responsible gun owner. You have lock boxes, locks, all that type of stuff. But you have kids. Um, and everybody knows people who have kids, people who have been around kids a lot, know that kids are very curious creatures. Uh, they find ways into any and everything. Sometimes you can't even imagine or understand how they found their way into certain things, especially the little ones. It's amazing. I got a three-year-old nephew who finds his way into anything, and it's amazing. Like, you don't even understand how he does it, but he does. He figures it out. Let's just say, you know, a child finds his way into your weapons and your ammunition. So despite your better judgment, despite all your... You know, preparedness, despite how responsible you tried to be, your child gets a hold of those that gun or guns and harms themselves or somebody else. Because I think, I'm pretty sure statistics show that um, having a gun in the house doesn't actually make you safer. It actually puts you in more danger um, of gun violence. Um, so you can be responsible as you want to. A lot of people say they have guns for protection, but a lot of but, but studies and statistics show that the opposite is actually also, it, it is what's true. You put yourself and your family in more danger. Is it time to give up those weapons? Is it time to get rid of guns in the house? You love them. Your whole life you've been responsible with them. Maybe you were grown. You've grown up with them. Maybe you're, you know, grandma, grandpa. Dad, mom, somebody taught you how to hunt, and that was like a bonding moment for you. 
I don't know. That 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 is a a question some of you um have to ask and answer of yourselves. Maybe you don't have the type of child that you have to worry about that with. But if you do, maybe that's something that you have to think about. This is um like I said, this was something that I just kind of randomly I don't even know how. Actually, I do know how. I'm a curious person, and anytime I, you know, a question comes in mind, I often go down the rabbit hole, and it goes into something else. So it's a, it's kind of, it's funny, but at the same time predictable that I could get on a topic like this or go into this um, long philosophical debate with myself um, and, and have all these questions that I have about. Uh, loving something and needing whether or not you should give it up or not based off me like you know can I hurt my back and playing football people who know me would say like dude you would come up with something like that you would make this something bigger (laughs) based off of something that we probably would have never even put together but hey what can I say so it would actually be uh, interesting to see what a lot of other people would have to say. Um, I'll give the email, the, the email to the podcast out many times. Um, chilltimepod at gmail.com. I would love to hear what other people have to say about um, when they think it's time to give up something that they love. Or when is something you love no longer beneficial to to keep around or to have around for yourself. I would imagine that it'd probably go 50-50. There'd probably be a lot of people who agree with me, but probably just as many who probably think I'm off my rocker and, and you know, I'm talking about something that makes absolutely no sense. But either or, I'm willing to hear what everybody has to say about that. Um, another thing that I kind of want to... Um, talk about another thing that just kind of randomly came up to me is influence because in essence um i think it's a nice segue because in essence um this whole or this initial topic or whatever was influenced by an experience that i had so i kind of started to think about two or i like to talk about two like what are the different influences that people um experience in life that affect their decision making are they if I, I would like to you know i kind of want to know if everybody were to you know take time out and sit and think what predominantly where do all your influences come from do they come from people that are around you do they come from things that you see on tv things that you read or do they come from life experiences i think that that's kind of an interesting question as well uh, that had, would 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 definitely come about with some very interesting answers because I've met people who a lot of their influences that the way that they conduct their everyday life are are based majority uh ma- the majority of the time off of pure life experiences has nothing to do with they don't care much about what other people say has nothing to do with anything that they've read or they've seen but based off their pure experiences. Um, sadly enough, not to say this is the case with everybody, but sadly enough, too, and some of these cases that I'm thinking about in particular and some of these people that I'm thinking about in particular, 
in particular, they're always like negative experiences. So you see, they live their life in a very apprehensive manner, um, very guarded, so to speak. And to be honest with you, I kind of do that sometimes as well. There are certain aspects of my life that are very guarded. I've, it is not abnormal for me to hear somebody who knows me to say, dude, I've known you for a very long time, or we've you know hung out so many times, yada, 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 and I still feel like I kind of don't know you. And I have to say, that is probably by design. That's not accidental. It's just a reflex of mine. I can be very guarded at times, and there is only so much about me that I will let some people know or let some people into. As a matter of fact, I've even said sometimes, I've been around people, coworkers, not at this job, but at other jobs, and people make comments like, oh, I really like you, or I like this, or I like that. And I've made the comment before, like, of you, you like what you know about me, but I wouldn't say you like me. And they've kind of looked at me, giving me a funny look, almost perplexed or confused, not knowing where that comes from. But where that comes from, um, sometimes I've elaborated on them with, with them and sometimes not, is I'm not, you know, especially with people who, if you definitely aren't a really close friend of mine or you ain't family, like, I don't open up to a lot of people. So you liking me, you know, you like what you know about me, but you don't know me enough to say that you like me as a person or you like who I am. You like what I project. Um, if you have the patience and you are transparent enough with me and you're open enough to, with me and you earn that over time, you will get to see that other side of me. But more times than not, if you are just a coworker, you don't necessarily know me. And I will go off to say, like, the people that I work with now are some of the best uh, set of coworkers I've ever had. So I definitely feel more comfortable with them than anybody. Um, but that is, um, like I said, that's just a reflex that I can't, that I can't just shut off just like that. And so I understand, you know, people who behave the way they do purely off of life experiences uh, or, or who are very guarded because of their influence heavily by life experiences. There's some people who are also very influenced by others, um, what they see or hear from other people. Those people, I like. To, I would like to think, um, and that's, I mean, personally, I just think that that's super dangerous. Um, to me, that is a sign of somebody who cannot think for themselves. Um, what's the term they use out there for them? Like They call them sheeple, people who act like sheep. They don't think for themselves, but they operate in a herd mentality, and they do whatever a lead dog or somebody else forces them to do. That That is a very dangerous mindset to be. Um, and much like I alluded to in a previous episode as well, I, when you can't think for yourself, I akin that to a very slow death. Like the type of person I am, like I cannot do that. I need to be, I'm a very, you know, I'm a creative person. I would like to think that I'm pretty creative. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe some other people don't think so. But I have to kind of do my own thing a lot of times. And if I am put in a position where I'm not allowed to do that, that is difficult. That is very difficult for me. Um, if it's something like a job, it's work, you know, you suck it up and you do it because it's work. But in my personal life, no way. You'll never catch me doing that. So so, so I find people who, 
who do do that, like, that's, I don't know, it's just disturbing. It is disturbing. Like, once I don't believe that those people are actually living their own lives or being their best selves. They're being somebody, they're living somebody else's life. So, I... I can definitely tell you, I am not somebody who's heavily influenced by other people. Now, I do have mentors. I do have friends that I can find in, people that I trust. And I go to them for advice. And you could say that a lot of our conversations have influence on my thought processes, but they do not directly influence what I do. The conversations and the exchange of information that we have influences my thought process, which leads to things that I do. That to me, that is very different from somebody who is directly influenced by what other people do. Meaning, somebody else is doing something, so they gotta do it. They're living a copycat lifestyle. Somebody else thinks something is cool, so they think it's got it's cool. They, you know, may buy something or dress something, you know, wear something or put something on, but because somebody else doesn't like it, all of a sudden they don't like it and they want to take it back or they don't want to wear it anymore. That's 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 poisonous to me. Um, so so. As far as that's concerned, I know that there are people out there like that, and man, have mercy on them. I hope one day that they can see the light and have the confidence and the inner strength to to not live out their remaining days like that. Grow from that. Be bigger and better than that. That's, I mean, that's all I got to say about that. Um, and there are also people who I think are influenced by um, what they see um, or or the time or what they what they see meaning what they read or what they see on TV or maybe what they see in nature and I believe that that is that that frame of influence is actually very prevalent in creative people and artists I'm a firm believer that um so so before i say this i read this book a while back called uh the runaway species how human creativity um created the world or whatever that so the i'm pretty sure that's the exact title that last part i may have messed it up a little bit and essentially it was about uh, where human creativity comes from, how it's influenced the world, and how we have all these great things in the world because of creativity, how it's advanced, advanced uh, our lifestyles, just, just everything. How, essentially, without, without human creativity, we don't have civilization. I believe that's very accurate. It also highlights in there that human creativity comes down to three things that all of our ideas are nothing but things that we have seen, heard, felt, observed, whatever. And what we have done is bend. We have either bent those ideas, broken those ideas, with, or blended those ideas with other things that have influenced us that we have seen, felt, heard, whatever be the case. And that is where all creation comes from. That is where pro different projects and, and and a lot of the visual art and music and everything, fashion, that is where all these things come from. I believe that that flows heavily in myself, and I believe that that also flows heavily inside 
any artist or creative person. And you know what? I believe it flows inside, heavily inside of the mind of a scientist as well. Because scientists, I think, have amazing imaginations. Yes, part of them is very, uh, adheres strongly to to the principles of the scientific method, you know, um, believing that, you know, things are just theories and nothing is real until it, unless it can be pr proven. But to even come up with the experiments to see if things are proven, you have to have a great imagination. To even want to explore what gravity is, you have to have a great imagination. To explore, for an inventor to explore the idea of how it, you know, to being able to fly, to break the speed, of, to break the sound barrier, to go out into space, the physics of and, 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 and things that it takes to survive out in space, how black holes work, how protons, neutrons, and electrons work, atoms, cells, so on and so forth. All that takes imagination. All that takes creativity. And I think that every scientific experiment, um, every theory, every project has been influenced by what that scientist has seen, felt, heard out in nature through somebody else's project, somebody else's idea. I mean, was it, wasn't it Newton that you, you know, it was, it was, it was the apple that caused him to think about the gravity That's observation. That's using your imagination to come up with ideas and ways of like, why does this apple come and hit the ground? Copernicus and his theory about the solar system in space. That's imagination. All these things come from influences. It's just a matter of whether or not that influence is a positive influence or a negative influence. Whether you're trying to be influenced, whether not only if it, does it come from a positive influence or a negative influence, but is it trying to influence you to do something, do a positive action or a negative action? I think all these forms of influence that I mentioned are all positive forms of influence or can be positive forms of influence with the exception of being solely influenced by other people. Yes, there are some people who are great influences out there who do great deeds and stuff like that. But still, wouldn't you want to live life for yourself? Part of learning is going to having your own experiences doing things on your own. If you're only ever doing something that somebody else said or does or mentions or approves of, have you ever have you really ever learned anything or have you just mimicked things your whole life? I feel like there are pros and cons to each of these forms of influence. But if I only had to go with one, I got to say, I got to go with uh, the influence from observation. Because I feel like the only time that that can be a negative 
is if you're only shown negative things. Such as what the media does and things like that when I talk about narratives. But more times than not, I feel like most of us, when we stay away from looking predominantly at TV and reading garbage or listening to garbage, when our observation solely comes from a space of pure curiosity, going out into our surroundings, out into nature, and just observing interactions between people, between objects, between nature. I almost feel like you can't lose. So that is, that's been my spiel on that. Um, today podcast wasn't very long today, but every one of them isn't going to be very long. I said what I needed to say. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out before I close out this episode to my cousin, Kenneth Moore, um, down there in Florida. Uh, he's down in Jacksonville, actually coaching AAU basketball and high school basketball at a Catholic school down there. Uh, I got to talk with him this week for the first time in a while. We've exchanged messages briefly here and there uh, through social media and stuff like that from time to time. Um, but the last time I actually got to see my cousin Kenny um, and actually hear his voice was years ago, maybe junior high, high school for me. Uh, and to actually you know, get on the phone and talk with him this week and hear his voice, that was dope. And Kenny has a podcast as well. I can't even believe I neglected to get the name of his podcast, and that sucks. But when I talk to him again, I'll get the name of it, and I'll make sure I uh, pub his podcast. But we also talked about doing a joint podcast together. Me kind of being on his show one day, and then him also coming in and making an appearance and being on my show as well. On my podcast as well. And I think that would be something that's uh, super dope. Um, and I think somebody like my grandfather, which is his uncle, his his father and my grandfather are brothers. I think that would be, those guys would get a kick out of hearing the both of us um, kind of collaborating on a podcast together. Even if it's just for a show. So, shout out to my cousin Kenneth Moore. Um, you know, I love you cuz. Keep doing great things down there. Glad we connected. And we'll connect again later this week so we can work out the logistics of uh, debuting on each other's projects. So uh, with that, I hope you all have a good night. And I'm out. me back this and more love me better kiss me back listen more love me better kiss me back listen more yeah no 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 yeah okay um, face down in the brown grass shame shame on my brown ass 
birds in the trees as we run through. And if I'm dead to the world, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? But I can't remember. Shot spot, rewind. Please, girl, be mine. Email, do not talk to me, baby. Before I go crazy, might do it, maybe. We were so Jay-Z, Beyonce, my aunt say, keep the sex game for Conte. The Aunt May and Mary Jane that I was sitting on to make me try and forget that there was something wrong. Love is Russian roulette, I had to say the on. Pop pills at the Coachella. Hold my head in the weeds, man, I can't tell her. The fear that I feel, man, it might kill her. Man, it might kill her. It's the prep school, might kill her. With the drums and the grooves, so I would feel filler. I don't care what he say. I'ma get my platinum back like I'm a half-ton gorilla. You can hang with homie on the low. Boy, so weak like a week ago. We ain't speaking. We ain't speaking. Okay. We ain't speaking. No. Tuesday afternoon. I ain't got shit to do. But fall in love with you Tuesday afternoon I ain't got shit to do But fall in love with you no. Love me better Kiss me back Listen more oh. Love me better Kiss me back 